Because we like to keep our lights on, now a word from our sponsor. Founded in 2011 and headquartered in New York City, SongTrust maintains the most extensive accessible publishing network in the industry with a global network of direct society collections with 45 plus performance, mechanical, and digital societies globally covering 120 plus territories. SongTrust is owned and operated by Downtown Music Holdings. And now friends, I have a deal for you. Visit songtrust.com forward slash pubcast and take advantage of their 20% discount off the one-time registration just for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. And now let's get on with our episode. Hey, my social distancing pubcasters. Welcome to the COVID relief episode of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. My guest is Bart Herbison, Executive Director of NSAI. Bart and I discuss the current relief packages available, but we also get updates on the MLC and NSAI. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of the AIMP National Pubcast. Today, I couldn't be more excited given our current scenario of dealing with our isolation from the coronavirus and all the insanity that ensues from that to be sitting with the one and only Bart Herbison, the the executive director of NSAI. Welcome aboard, Bart. Glad to be here. You know, I'm a fan of yours and a super fan of what AIMP does. Well, we're glad. We've, We've gone through a lot together and always trudging along in the world of songwriters and supporting our songwriters and always lots to be done and continue to do so. Let's just jump in it, man. Like, man, the last month has changed our world drastically. And and I would just start off with a pretty simple question. How is NSAI holding up during all this uh, corona and insanity, as as I like to call it? Well, I'd answer that question in two parts. First, I think we were the first to start canceling music festivals. We had to cancel actually postpone our Tin Pan South Songwriters Festival that was scheduled in late March. Hopefully, we're still going to be able to have that in October. I believe it's the week of October 24th, but you'll get information about that. And we then we had to close our building. Many people may not know that we're a not-for-profit trade association that owns a for-profit business. We own the Bluebird Cafe. And the Bluebird's closed, at least as when we take this in April. And what does it look like? When do they open back up? Is it two shows a night? Do we do some things online? You know, for the Bluebird in particular, and I think all of us in general, the music industry has gravitated toward an economic model that, that really is more about live music than it's ever been. And so the music industry, the travel industry, the leisure industry, tourism, those were among the first economic sectors hit and hit hard. So number one, we have to get through navigating the disease itself. And beyond that, the economic impacts from this time we're going through. So so there's that answer to your question. We're all trying to figure it out be safe, and in the meantime, present music online in different ways than maybe we're accustomed to. I will say this, music is helping us get through this. As we tape this, I just watched the Academy of Country Music special with many of our artists performing from their homes. A lot of the uplifting songs from their from their award shows through the years. And I just have to tell you, forget being in the music industry, I needed that. 
And right after that, Garth and Trisha came on from their house. So music, I'm reminded, will help us get through this. So there's that part. And then the second part is what we do. Like AIMP, we're an advocacy group for songwriters and music publishers. So there was a big stimulus bill, the CARES Act. One important thing that NSAI did is we worked along with other groups and we sort of took the lead in making sure that self-employed individuals are eligible for loan programs in the CARES Act and that they're eligible for unemployment. Self-employed people traditionally don't get unemployment. Again, as we speak, we're trying to tweak that loan program because we did what we should have done, and now government regulatory agencies are (laughs) making it a little harder than it should be. But our job is to help our constituents, the people that make music, weather this storm, and we are continuing to do that. So as NSA, are you continuing to be able to do some of your programs? And like, well, as as publishers, we've now that we've been in this about three weeks from working from home, at least Anthem has, maybe it's four, I'll be honest, all of it's starting to blur together. Mm -hmm. But we've started, I've kind of joked, you'll get it, but for us that have been doing this for a while, I'm coming up close to 30 years now, it's almost turned back into what it was in the 90s, where my focus is more really making sure my writers feel confident that their songs are being serviced. And we've been pitching a lot of songs because everybody's at home, everybody's listening to tunes. So we get a lot of activity, get a lot of songs out the door. And then the writers themselves have now started, uh, I think everybody's aware, have been working with Zoom, particularly or FaceTime mm-hmm. and, uh, and continuing to write and uh, starting to get comfortable with that. Uh, it's been a little weird. You know, it's not quite the same as sitting in the room. There's, the intimacy is a little bit different. And I find that, most of them feel really comfortable with people they've written before. So I've just told my, my, my writers like, Hey, get with your friends, pick up the phone, call your buds, just keep, keep focused. And to your point too, I, I've encouraged them. I said, during this time, people need us. They need what we do. And you are the ones that create the history. I mean, you're going to write the songs there and get people through this. You're going to write, the moment that people are going to use as their benchmarks, you know, and you need to do that and dig deep. And I think that's what people, people are looking for. So we're learning how to manage working from home, I guess, and being in isolation as, as NSA, I've been able to adjust some of the programs and, and things they're doing so you can continue to do and service some of the, the writers that you guys work with. We serve professional songwriters. We serve aspiring professional songwriters and artists, but, A large part of our membership are great writers who've written for years, but they have other jobs. They don't intend on quitting their day job in Toledo or Sacramento, New York City, Birmingham, Knoxville, to come try to pursue a professional career in music. But they've written for decades. They've got some disposable income. They're pretty good. They record their songs, they perform them locally. We have really been able to pay attention to that group in ways we never had. Look, with the building on Music Row, you tend to serve the people that come in the building. We have made some big changes to our chapter program, and we've got 100 chapters. Many of them revolve around the group I just described, serious songwriters. It's the songwriter club in that town. You go there and people speak a language called songwriter. 
And we've really been able to focus on those groups. And we're all going to look different when we come out of this, but we're paying attention to to those areas in different ways, our chapters and those members. There are two things I would note on this topic. The great songwriter Victoria Shaw, I was discussing some legislative business with her recently this week, and she said, Bart, look at these songs that got awards a year after 9-11. It was some of the best, most profound, meaningful songs we've seen in decades. I expect that now. And one of your publisher colleagues, Mike Molinar, a member of AIMP, said maybe the most profound thing I can say to songwriters. Early on, when we just first started you know, working from home, he said, Bart, in 1606, William Shakespeare was quarantined for months because of the plague. And in that time, he wrote Antony and Cleopatra, King Lear, and Macbeth. That should inspire. That should inspire. I have a number of clients that I work with. My there's artist writers that I work with that literally lost every source of income. They, they tour, they make their, their huge amount of money through their touring season. And now, for all intents and purposes, there is none, you know, right. and they don't know when that's going to come back. And uh, watching the community get together with Music Cares and Music Health Alliance and uh, those kind of uh, efforts of helping raise money to support one another is just amazing. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to... Beth Laird, I saw that she's taking donations and sending food to the frontline people. She's sending lunch to the hospitals and to the nurses and to the doctors. It's just amazing what this community does. Well, music, especially the songs, come from the heart. And Nashville, all the music communities across the world, you know, they, the greatest times of need, they step up first. But nobody ever steps up earlier or stronger than Nashville. And I, I echo that I'm so proud of our community. And that's going to happen now. And it's going to happen over the next coming months as we not only get through this, but get beyond this. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Um, well, let's jump into some things that I'm curious about. Like I know that the, the MLC is still getting out together off the ground, putting all the, its resources going and, do you see this uh, impacting any of the, the going forward on the legislative end, any adjustments, things that might right. change coming forward? Well, just a quick explanation for those that don't know, MLC is the Mechanical Licensing Collective. We passed some landmark legislation in 2018 called the Music Modernization Act. One of the ways we finally got the streaming companies, who frankly we were fighting tooth and nail up to that point, to come around to our point of view, which was to pay songwriters and publishers more, was this. If I am a streaming service, and you have to understand there are two royalties that songwriters receive. One is a performance royalty. And there are four societies, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, and GMR, Global Music Rights, and they represent every song in America. So if I'm a Spotify or an Apple or an Amazon, I just get licenses from those four agencies, and that's it. 
I pay them a percent of my revenue based on the number of songs and income I receive that they represent. It's pretty simple. I write a check and I can't be sued. The other royalty is a mechanical royalty. And that royalty, they have to license those individually or get some company to help them. So imagine trying to find the owners of 110, 120 million songs. It's very difficult, if not impossible to do. And every time the streaming services streams one of those songs incorrectly, they were getting sued for copyright infringement, which can be uh, $100,000, $150,000 per stream. They needed a blanket society like ASCAP, VMI, CSEC, and GMR for mechanicals. And the Music Modernization Act created that. It's called the Mechanical Licensing Collective. It starts on January 1, 2021. And for the first time ever, songwriters won't have to pay a commission to get their money collected. We got the streaming companies to agree to pay for it. It's going to be in Nashville. Our new CEO is a remarkable man named Chris Arend. And you're going to be hearing lots more about the MLC in coming weeks. Later this year, um, we are going to be ingesting all those songs into the MLC. Publishers, individual songwriters. And look, I'm very excited about the, the songwriter out there that may have some mechanical royalties, maybe $100, maybe $800. But they don't fool with it, and they don't hire a company to do it for them. They get their performances because they're a member of ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, but they don't get their mechanical royalties. Now all they have to do is give us their song titles and songwriter information. So the question also started, will we be delayed? We don't think so. Look, the coronavirus is causing a lot, a lot of delays and a lot of things. But at least as of the airing of this podcast, we, um, podcast, I should say, we expect we'll open on January 1, 2021. that it would hopefully not get delayed given that I think everybody which I reaffirm with my my staff and writers that we're all working full steam you know we're here even though we're at the house it's amazing with the technology and that this happened when it did where we can all basically just take what we do at home which I find actually to be kind of comforting I've uh, mm-hmm. learned I'm a little more effective I work a lot more between 6 a.m. and 11 take a little break and then uh, work more in the afternoon. But uh, I think it, everybody's trudging along, so it feels positive in that in that regard, that everybody's able to continue moving forward in, in, the, in the things that they were doing, just not necessarily in groups of people. Right. Which is uh, something I'll be uh, add as an extrovert I'm starting to struggle with. I miss being <laughs> <laughs> I am struggling, but, I, you know, I will say the communication has been high. It's really great to see, uh, you know, reach out to a brother or sister that you haven't talked to in a minute. And just uh, I, I think I've talked to more people in the last three weeks directly in a phone conversation than I have in the, the you know, four months prior to the year. It's pretty, pretty wild. And I think 
I think honestly, that's going to be a helpful thing moving forward to remind us what we do in a, on a community personal level, you know, and we can get pretty impersonal just behind our keyboards a lot. And it's good to see people stepping up and talking to one another again and finding new and in, in inventive ways to continue to do that. And uh, again, via software stuff like Zoom or FaceTime. And it's really cool to see how companies are utilizing these uh, tools to uh, continue to do their work. Well, that's very well said. I would put two things out there. Um, we still got the disease to deal with for however long we do, and we've got the economic repercussions. So in March, the entire music industry banded together, and we created a website. It's a fabulous resource for, for relief. It's called musiccovidrelief.com. And all of us were to feed the latest information on there. And then there's NashvilleSongwriters.com. We've got our own page about that. And look, they're, they're, songwriters have to understand, and small businesses, small publishers, that this is the time you're going to have to get into the weeds on some of these things. There are lots of resources, including AIMP and NSAI. We're still answering our phones. We've still got a full staff to help walk you through some of the questions you've got about how you get economic relief and sustain until we can get back to a normal. That's a great insight. Now, you mentioned, and I'll touch back on something at the beginning, that, you know, we our writers are considered, you know, contract labor on ours. We're 1099 on, and uh, I am curious because I don't know the full extent of it. Are they able to reach out and get these small business loans as a small business? Because they are in themselves, especially artists who are toured, have bands of support, and these other things, able to secure some of those loans right. through the small business. Is that available to them as, as small business people? Well, let's remember we're taping this in earlier in April, and it won't air for a few days, early May. But I will tell you the truth as we know it now, and by then it may have changed. But number one, many are going to be eligible for unemployment, gig workers that typically would not be eligible. And as I understand it, at least of uh, as of when we record this, they're going to be eligible for a larger amount of benefits in a longer amount of time. Now. As, again, we take this, we are still trying to get the Tennessee software to accept un uh, self-employed individuals. And hopefully that, that has happened several weeks ago by the time this airs. What they do suggest is you create an account and apply. Apply for unemployment. The other program under the CARES Act that many songwriters sound sound, you know, soundboard workers, lights, roadies, recording, or um, bass players, musicians, etc. is going to be the Paycheck Protection Program. And you can get a loan for eight weeks of what you've lost from February through June. Now, again, as we tape, that Congress is as early as a couple of days after this taping, maybe going to add more money and tweak that. But all this is on those websites. So to answer the question, yes, there is relief. And anybody that made under $75,000 on their last 2018 or 2019 tax return, whenever the last time you filed a tax, 
is going to get a stimulus check, and you probably should have already gotten that of about $1,200. The Paycheck Protection Program, look for unemployment benefits in your state, and it's state by state. And then there's a lot of private funds, Music Cares through the Recording Academy and others. All of that is on musiccovidrelief.com and nationalsongwriters.com. We'll definitely be sure for those that are listening to have those websites up on our, because it, it'll be still relevant in May on our uh, our podcast so that you can see those links and, and easily access those. We'll be sure to have those up for everybody. Because um, again, it's super important. And and as you said, it's, it's still kind of fluid right now. It's, it's kind of an ever-changing as the government it is doing its best, I believe, to support everybody that's kind of lost their, their jobs and uh, security, which is I mean, I can promise you I never saw this coming. Maybe we should have been thinking about it some. It sounds like some people are waving the flag that we should be prepared, but uh, crazy times we're in for sure, man. Um, I, for one, am, I've learned in my many years of, of life, I'll be uh, 53 this year, that, you know, during times like this, you really learn uh, how to adapt, and it just creates opportunities. And in the long run, I think people come out of it stronger. I'm sure there's some of you listening to this thing, and I'm struggling right now. I don't even know how to pay my rent, but I'm such an optimist. Like, hang in there. We'll come back stronger. We'll come back better, and you'll see new opportunities that you didn't even know were possible in the next few months. As we, because uh, the humans, man, we're, we're we're very clever people, and we tend to find these opportunities and these, you know, these trials and tribulations. It's I'm a very biblical guy. It does say that uh, perseverance, man. You you learn through your trials and tribulations that your when your faith is tested, that you come out of it stronger. You know. Every great challenge is your great opportunity. And our trademark is it all begins with a song. We'll have a new reality. That too will begin with a song. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Podcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Podcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Podcast. 